Platinum Games is begging Xbox to revive its Scalebound game. But do video game zombies ever go on to have success? Good morning, good Wednesday morning to you. I'm Shane Satterfield from Sifted, and this is Good Morning Gaming for February 9th, 2022. It comes bright and early every weekday to our patrons who pledge at patreon.com sifted, and it's delayed a couple of days for everyone else. If you like our content, we also have a separate podcast feed for our flagship show, Game Face, that you can find by searching your favorite podcast service. You'll find the podcast versions of the rest of our content in the same feed you found this. So Platinum Games, in my opinion, one of the best Japanese developers in the industry, worked on an Xbox exclusive called Scalebound for quite a while. It was a dragon-based game where you could ride dragons, get off the dragons, the dragons would fight alongside you out in the field. It looked like a really cool game. People were really excited for it, and then it was unceremoniously canceled. Fast forward to 2022, a couple years later, and Platinum Games is lobbying Xbox to revive the project. Itsushi Inaba and Hideki Kamiya are both pushing Phil Spencer to get the game back on the rails. To quote the two developers from Platinum, they said, quote, often in an interview, you might hear a developer politely saying, yes, if we had the opportunity, we'd love to work on that again. But we don't mean it that way. Both Kamiya and I are serious. We really would love to work on Scalebound again. I'd like to discuss it with Microsoft properly. Development had progressed a fair way and it seems pointless for Microsoft to just hold on to that and not do anything with it. Platinum is busy. Platinum has three games coming out this year, which also means that they're probably looking for that next big project to work on. Scalebound obviously would fit the bill. Back when the game was canceled in 2017, Platinum admitted that it wasn't very well versed in handling online games and that it was one of the shortcomings of the game. They also said that their ambitions basically outweighed the technology available to run the game. So here we are with the Xbox Series X, obviously more than enough power to make their dreams and their ideas for Scalebound to come to life. So it probably makes sense. One catching point, though, is that the developers behind the Hitman franchise, IO Interactive, are already working on an Xbox-exclusive fantasy game featuring dragons. So, that may give Phil Spencer pause. But what about the history of the video game Zombie? A video game that was cancelled and then revived. First, there's Prey 2. Prey was... <laughs> it's hard to even put into words what the original Prey games were like. They were action-adventure games that had a Native American angle to it but also very supernatural it was one of the hardest franchises in gaming to define and the next game in the series was canceled they were struggling to find a direction for it and here comes arcane to reboot the franchise is basically another immersive sim which is something that studio is very good at creating then there's rainbow six patriots this was supposed to be a story-driven rainbow six first-person shooter it was canceled in favor of Rainbow Six Siege. 
So in this case, Ubisoft transformed a story-driven, single-player, first-person shooter, mostly driven by its campaign, it probably would have had multiplayer, into one of the most successful ongoing shooters in the industry. So that's a good sign. Then there's Blizzard's Titan MMO shooter. It was under development for years and years. We would see rumors bubble up about it every once in a while, but nothing too concrete. Well, that was changed into the esports sensation Overwatch. In fact, a lot of the characters, the art, the worlds, things like that from Titan ended up making it into Overwatch. Then there was Star Wars Battlefront 3. It ended up being canceled for the Battlefront reboot by DICE. Now, some people would argue that that wasn't, <laughs> wasn't a great decision. There's no arguing with the results. The Battlefront game ended up selling, I believe, when it was all said and done, almost 20 million copies. Now, the old Battlefront style, maybe fans would like that more, but if you're EA, I'm guessing you probably think you made the right decision there. Then there was the original Fallout 3. That game was almost finished, and it was an isometric game before it was canceled, and then it was turned into, as we all know, a first-person shooter that went on to exorbitant acclaim from critics. Then there's the cautionary tale, and ironically titled Duke Nukem Forever. By the time that game was released, it was in development for over a decade and canceled more times than I can count. It was supposed to come out in the GameCube slash PS2 era, and it just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. And when it finally did come out, many, many moons later, it was terrible. So overall, it seems like if a publisher or a developer finally decides to revive a project, it usually ends up doing pretty well. And that's a testament to the research that they do before they start a project, the testing that they do, the prototypes that they work up, all that kind of stuff that contributes to a decision like that. So I say there's room for more than one Dragon game on Xbox. And if Phil Spencer truly believes that Inaba and Kamiya can get the game into a good working state on Xbox Series X, I say go for it. Now for some more stories from the top of your SIFs. There's a Nintendo Direct today at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, covering Switch games for the first half of the year. As always, the Nintendo Direct will be curated to Sifted. If you have Nintendo set high in your Sift ratings, it will appear high in your Sift, so you shouldn't miss it. But I just want to let you know kind of what to expect. There's Triangle Strategy, which launches on March 4th. This is a strategy RPG from Square Enix. It was formerly known as Project Triangle Strategy. The studio behind this game has done pretty good work in the past, so it's worth checking out, but not really that big of a deal. And then there's Kirby and the Forgotten Land, the first ever 3D platformer starring Kirby. The game looks weird. Kirby is like adventuring through a post-apocalyptic land where it appears that like society has ended and everything's overgrown, it makes very little sense. Other than that, we have no idea what Nintendo is launching in the first half of 2022 for Switch, so I'm guessing we might see some legitimate game debuts, or at the very least, some surprise release dates. I talked about Intellivision Amico on yesterday's episode of Good Morning Gaming and how the outlook for the company was not looking bright. And then today, the hammer fell. The company asked for a fourth round of crowdfunding today, and it's also in major debt. It's asked for another $10 million in funding, and it's saying that that funding will only last another seven to nine months. There's also the chance that a physical version of the Amico will never be released because the company 
has to pay one of its angel investors $100 for every unit sold. In its financial filings to apply for more funding, the company told investors that it has, quote unquote, generated no revenues since its formation in 2018. And even worse, it only has enough money to run until July of this year. And television also admits that it currently cannot account for $1.3 million paid to Arc Electronics USA, a Chinese electronics manufacturer with headquarters in California. Apparently, it's going through a contract dispute, and I mentioned this yesterday. It may have contracts with manufacturers that it cannot get out of. It looks like it is trying to get out of the contract. Overall, it looks like Intellivision Amico is dead in the water. And do not, do not buy the console. Amazon's second video game launch in the last couple months happened today with Lost Ark. It's a free-to-play MMORPG with Diablo-like combat that's set in an MMO structure. Initial reviews have not been especially kind, but it is free-to-play, and you can give it a shot. It does not look like it's going to have the same impact as Amazon's last game, New World. Epic announced today that Fortnite will not be playable on Steam Deck. Now, this may not come as too big of a surprise to many people because Fortnite is not on Steam. However... The Steam Deck is an open platform where you can install whatever you want on it. And Fortnite runs on Linux. And conceivably, you could install Linux on your Steam Deck and then presumably play Fortnite. However, that is not going to happen. Epic's Tim Sweeney said that he's concerned with the security on Steam Deck and does not feel like, at least for now, it's worth taking the time for Epic to make sure the game is safe and secure on Valve's handheld. The good news is this is really an outlier story for the Steam Deck. In general, most PC games will be playable on Valve's new handheld. You may remember not that long ago that NVIDIA and ARM had proposed a merger. Not just a merger, an $80 billion merger. You know NVIDIA. NVIDIA makes PC GPUs, the most popular GPUs in the industry. If you've watched NVIDIA's stock over the last eight years, it has just skyrocketed. All of its products are on back order. Basically, they sell them as quick as they can make them, not just because there are people like us who play games who want them, but really it's because of the boom in cryptocurrency mining. Lots of people are buying lots of cards to try to mine for crypto. Well, the FTC has decided to call the deal off. You probably remember ARM because it created processors for more than one Nintendo handheld. And not only that, it also creates a lot of processors for mobile phones like iPhones. It is a gigantic company that nobody's ever heard of. (laughs) According to the FTC, these two companies were just too big to merge. And if they decided to go through with the merger, it would sue to block the merger. It believes that the combined company would unfairly undermine NVIDIA's rivals. So essentially, the merger is not going to happen. NVIDIA goes back to doing its business. Meanwhile, ARM CEO resigned. The deal fell through. Its stockholders were counting on the deal going through. If he had not stepped down, chances are the board probably would have removed him. So just a preemptive strike on his part. ARM also said that it's considering an official public offering instead of the acquisition with an IPO happening within the next 12 months. And I would say, if you can get in on that IPO, get in on that IPO. 
Season 2 of Call of Duty Vanguard and Warzone was announced today. It kicks off on February 14th. The latest season of free and additional content brings armored war machines and chemical weapons to bring global conflict to a new level, quote unquote. Captain Butcher and Task Force Yeti discovers the greatest threat to the world, Nebula 5. Eradicator, harness this weapon in Warzone, prove your elite skills in Vanguard multiplayer, or enter all new areas in the Dark Aether to face a new deceptive force in Zombies. Perhaps the best part and the most important part to us is that when it all launches <laughs> on February 14th, there will be double XP across both games to celebrate the launch. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll tackle today's boss fight. Welcome to today's Boss Fight, where I tackle random topics that may or may not be related to video games. And today, it's related to video games mostly. Bandai Namco announced today that it has its own metaverse in development. That would be metaverse number 38, and that's just the gaming industry. As all these individual brands, companies, platforms announce their own metaverse, I can't help but think... They're all missing the point of the metaverse, at least in my opinion. Generally, I think most people define the metaverse as a persistent social online space that functions with a real-world economy and plays nice with other platforms. But I have to ask, what is exciting about the proposed metaverse that we're not already doing in video games? Video games have been virtual hangouts with their own currency for decades. The currency is just not called crypto, whatever, or an NFT. What the companies are looking at the metaverse as is really just a new way to brand all their products and services. It's just another way to squeeze more cash from their fans. To me, the metaverse is a virtual thing that incorporates all things. It's not just Bandai Namco. It's not just Pac-Man or Kamen Rider or Tamagotchi or Dragon Ball or any of the other IP that they license. The metaverse is that and everything else. I can't think of anything more annoying than there being dozens and dozens of metaverses. What is the point then? Instead, we're seeing walled gardens like Bandai Namco or Meta, Facebook. It's going the VR route, but there's a $300 cost of entry with its Oculus Quest 2 headset. So if you wanna be a part of the metaverse from Facebook, you first have to buy an Oculus Quest 2. It costs you $300 to just get involved. Microsoft cited the metaverse as a reason for buying Activision Blizzard for almost $69 billion due to its experience with products like World of Warcraft. That makes more sense because World of Warcraft has been a metaverse for over a decade at this point. Apple really has a chance to kind of create what most people, myself included, are hoping for. Because so many people own their devices. The same devices. Everyone has an iPhone. And so if they were to build something on the iPhone architecture, then just organically, you have billions of people ready to jump in. But for right now, really, Fortnite is the closest thing that we have 
to a real metaverse, the metaverse that I'm rooting for. Because for whatever reason, and somehow, some way, Epic has convinced all these other brands and all these other IP to become a part of Fortnite. You have DC in Fortnite. You also have Marvel in Fortnite. You have rivals that are in the same universe. You have NFL football teams. You can choose any helmet from the NFL if you want. The Steelers don't have their own metaverse. The Buffalo Bills don't have their own metaverse. They were all happy joining Fortnite. So I think if you want to look at what the metaverse actually should be or could be, the closest example to that right now is Fortnite. So all this talk about the metaverse, this, the metaverse, that, everyone's launching their own metaverse, but we've had it already. It's so funny how people are just ignoring the fact that we've had all the things that they're asking for. And they're ignoring it because to them, the metaverse isn't about any of that. It's about money and controlling the money, having their own currency that they can control. This is why NFTs keep popping up all over the place or weird crypto coins keep popping up all over the place because people want currency that other people use that they can control. And for this very reason, the metaverse in the direction that is headed right now is never going to work. And if you do go beyond what we have right now, I think you, metaverse, Facebook's metaverse is trying to do this, is trying to create this virtual world that you go into with your VR helmet and there's your aunt who lives out in California, and there's you in the middle of Wisconsin talking to her like you're sitting in her living room. This is what Facebook wants. This is the vision for the metaverse that Facebook has. It wants to create a virtual world indistinguishable from the real world. The metaverse is really just the long-awaited cyberspace, and it can be very hard when you realize this thing that you've always wanted hasn't turned out to be half of what you expected, or it crept up on you so slowly that you never even realized it was there, i.e. video games. The truth is, the metaverse will only work if there's just one. One world, one currency, one wallet, integrating all IP, brands, and digital products. But at what point do we recognize that all this work is to create a virtual version of something that's right outside our front doors? Thanks for listening to Good Morning Gaming. I appreciate every single one of you who listens to GMG. I'm Shane Satterfield, and you can do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter at Dinfire. And while you're at it, follow Sifted at Sifted Games. We'll be back with another show tomorrow, but before then, make sure you seize today, because there will never be another. <laughs>